Hello. Yeah, it's startling. It's a lot more startling when it's live. Yeah. <laughs> this is happening oh right gosh. now. Oh my gosh. What do I do? Do I look uh, <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's been a couple weeks and we are back uh, with EM Weekly, which is funny because yes. it has been two weeks, two week hiatus, thanks to Thanksgiving. But one of those weeks that we were gone was uh, for a like, Really, I mean, it's it was it ultimately was awesome. It was really yeah. stressful leading into it, and that was our uh, dynamic populations exercise, which we just ran in uh, Orlando, Florida, which I haven't been to since uh, I was like ten years old, I think, maybe wow. twelve years old. I was a little kid. I went to Disney World, which I guess actually now I found out is technically outside of Orlando. Yeah, not funny, uh, but we, we all, did yeah. stay in Orlando. Um, and uh, yeah, so we that was just last week. Uh, I actually looked at the calendar today and I was like, there's no way that wasn't like a month ago. It <laughs> felt so long ago, but it's almost like a disaster response where like every day feels like six weeks and you're like, it's all, I've only been here for a week. And then you're like, oh, shoot, I thought it was a year. <laughs> I uh, so I flew out on Monday at like. I don't know. I had to get at the airport at like four o'clock. And then I don't think we were done. 4 a.m. Like pretty late. Yeah, 4 a.m. And then I don't think we were done like kind of getting the setup and like all sort of squared away for the next day when it was actually going to start till like pretty late. And then that was the like tempo for the rest of the week, like up really early, out super late. And like every day I was like, oh, I just want to like get through the next day. And then I'd get to the next day and I would like come in and people were there and they were kind of pumped up and that would recharge me. I was like, all right, yeah. I can get through this day. It doesn't matter how tired I am. And then you get at the end of the day, you're like, oh, God, I have to do this again tomorrow. <laughs> and then you wake up. And then my body started to reject me and kill me. Yes. And I lost, I you basically lost entirely lost my voice in the last day. Uh, and I've noticed since then I have a bit of a grovel to my voice. And kinda uh, cool, actually, I kind of like it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. going to help the podcast out. Yeah, uh, really. Rugged. Yeah, exactly. Can I do an impression of what you sounded like on the third day? I would love to know what I sounded like on the third day. This is exactly what you sound like on the third day. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> like, against my better judgment, I started and everything like i tested negative on everything i didn't really feel sick i don't know what happened because i literally never shut up so it can't just be i talk too much like there had to be something that occurred uh but i started to taste like the copper taste of like blood in my throat on that third day yeah, and that, it was that at that point it was at that point that you were like like you're done like we got to find somebody else so thankfully we had uh the best in the business uh walt chief walt lewis uh who's um been on your podcast as well as uh was at the dynamic populations one but also brian davis was on the podcast and talk about like dream team stepped oh up gosh, in yeah. the moment brian davis is such an odd like he's such an interesting guy like the, his all of his experience but like i it was he's one of the actually really both of them walt just is a he's a big dude he looks like yeah. he's probably like a firefighter or a cop or something yeah. hey what's up um yeah. and that's not to say chief lewis doesn't look like a you know big dude but like He's very unassuming, like considering all that he has gone through and like his sort of background and experience, like he seems like someone that you're like, I want to like learn from him. And like he just has like that sort of sage, you know, is uh, a persona about him. Yeah, very much like uh, he's like the leader that can like talk you into anything where like Walt, you're like, oh, God, I just got to follow him because he's bigger than me. And you just go and uh, but yeah, his uh, his presentation. But we can let's even go back before. 
And now a quick word from our sponsors. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. So we, I don't think, I don't even think we talked about it on this or anything because uh, it was like almost two weeks before. Our The whole bottom dropped out on this. Uh, yeah, on this no thing. foundation. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's not for, for the the end user perspective. That's yeah. not true. the The bottom broke out, fell out of the, the infrastructure. I guess infrastructure, yeah. not our training, but the actual logistics. Logistics fell out from under us. Yeah, which happens. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like we're emergency managers, but uh, I think to have to pivot from uh, one facility that was like a dream facility to another facility that was a very good facility, but was not the one that we originally hoped. So originally it was supposed to be in a stadium that fell through yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, I think we were all like, we had to pause and like, this is something that I think is really important for emergency managers and public safety folks to stop and think about. I think a lot of times we feel like you either have to just plow through it or you have to like go another route. And I honestly was like, go another route at the time. But we paused yeah. for like just a second and like talked about, can we, what do we have to do? Like, this is this is like where we're at. This is the situation we're in. Can we still pull this off? And some of us were like, I don't Who think this is going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm not throwing anyone else. It was me 100%. And then someone that I trust and rely on daily that I don't want to get mad, so I'm not going to use the name. Uh, but we were both kind of like, oh, man, I think we we might need to to not do this. And then you Mashley and Walt Moria. specifically were very much like, I think we can do it. And that little pause gave us enough time to sort of like figure it out. We pulled it off. And I think other than like maybe the shock and awe of the space wasn't quite what we had hoped for. It actually worked out really well. I actually really liked where we were at, and I don't think the students missed a beat. Um, obviously, we told them what had happened, um, and so there was a level of expectation there that I think was good. But um, it was like a very like before the exercise even began. This this is like something that I think anyone who's ever worked in event planning or or even disasters, obviously, like your plan A, you you almost have to be prepared for it to just go out the window automatically like that's your ideals everything that you think and hope it should be um probably isn't going to sustain and that is like that it was like testing our metal right like can we uh are we are we actually good emergency managers like can we can turn we, can we do this a yeah. huge i mean really like a national level event we had i think 50 people fully in attendance we had all of the class uh the mm. people who were attending the class plus all of our personnel Plus the folks that like helped from the facility to keep everything moving, food, right. uh, all of this stuff. We had to sort of come up with a whole AV plan that was you know live because they just didn't. There wasn't an option there, right? Yeah. All of this stuff that just was like moving parts, moving parts, moving parts that we didn't have to deal with ten days before. Yeah. Actually, it was, <laughs> everything. Was I looked it up. It was Twelve days 12 before. Days. Twelve days before had to change literally all the logistics. Yeah, from AV visuals, uh, style of approach, everything. We knew we had the instructors, we knew we had the content, but how do you present that content 
in a completely different format than what we were planning on yeah. for months. Yeah, months. Literally, yeah. since I, we started planning the week we got back from the one in uh, Atlanta in August. So yeah. it was it was a, a very solid test. But we didn't become the Fire Festival, right? We became... <laughs> Uh, I was going to say Woodstock, but they burned that place to the ground at the end. Uh, what was, was one gonna... that didn't go well and then went really well? <laughs> what about the fall festival from Parks and Rec? Oh, there we go. Yeah. We didn't lose Little Sebastian. Nope. So. Little Sebastian. Uh, that yeah. would have made our training perfect. Yeah. We just brought out a mini horse like halfway through. <laughs> now we know it's missing. Yeah. Well, you always talk about how you want a mini horse instead I of do like want a mini yeah. horse. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, at the end of the week, actually, I would say by day two, I was like, Whew. like, we're actually like, this is going to be f totally fine. Like, we're in it now. We're moving on. Um, and it and the students were like, this is amazing. Like, I don't not, And again, like, this is not salesmanship. This is not blowing smoke. Like, people were like, this is awesome. Like, uh, based on what you guys had called and told us. Uh, we were worried because we were like, you know, we expected to be in this spot. So we weren't sure. And they're like, loved it. Had absolutely no issue whatsoever. It was great. Got yeah. amazing feedback afterwards. And, you know, the training itself, we had we had moved. We actually changed some stuff for from the previous exercise, just from our after action stuff. And then we had to change some stuff just because, again, facilities changed. We didn't have sort of the space and the stuff that we wanted to. And it actually worked out even better. Like, it was awesome. Like, how we I mean, set it up was like, this is how we should have done it. Um, and it's like, it was, it's exactly like a disaster, right? Like, sometimes you're in the middle of the disaster and you're like, crap, our EOC doesn't have this. So we have to do that. And when you're doing it, you're like, actually, this is, this is great. We should have done this from day one. Why did we not do this? Um, well, there's, there's a lot of after action for that. And I think from like the listener perspective, like, um, you know, we're talking about plan A, how plan A doesn't work out, so you got to be able to pivot. But in another sense, plan A did work. Um, one of the axioms that I live by is, uh, and I think emergency managers have to do this in response, is there's no such thing as plan A, make plan, or no, there's no such thing as plan B, make plan A work. And that's kind of what we had to do. We had to pause. We had to be realistic and say, like, can't is that is that axiom real for right now? Can we do that? And after like that 24 hour period, it was like, like, what are we doing? Like we have this great thing. We have great people coming. We're going to do this. And it took some convincing uh, of, uh, I wasn't sold till the vendor or venue was like, yes, we have a space. Yes. We can come up with food. Hey, you found it. And, uh, will this, yeah. So another lesson, uh, for anyone who is running an event, uh, don't be afraid to just actually talk to event planners they're they're professionals just like an emergency manager's professional they were fantastic yeah. they found us a space that like again they were short notice too that was a stressful thing for them and they were like all right we'll make this work we'll figure it they, out they didn't even come off stress to me yeah. like they they got it they and they had multiple people there shout out to um, adrian yes hey Ad i think it's adrian i don't adrian? actually know if oh, it's adrian God, or adriana i'm pretty sure it's adrian of... i've been calling her adrian but anyways. I was calling her Adriana. Uh, <laughs> hey, you, you men, mentioned not blowing smoke, but like the student perspective. Let me, if you're okay, can I yeah. read part of this email that Absolutely. I got? Absolutely, go for it. I looked this up. This is from one of the students who, uh, you know, long story short, we didn't know if they were coming. There was a little bit of egg on the face moment. And then we were saying, we decided to be like, cool. 
who said, hey, that logistics stuff, not a big deal. You need to show up because we believe in our training. And um, they sent us an email. Email is entitled Gratitude. Said John, I wanted to express my sincerest gr gratitude for the uh, for allowing me the chance to witness and participate in one of the best experiences I have had from a training and exercise perspective in emergency management. You and your team organized a well thought out and fully designed training program twelve days beforehand <laughs> uh, that fully encompasses all aspects of emergency management. It was exceptional how you pushed us to stress levels that could, that would only occur in real time. I personally liked moving from station to station uh, to see what each element of the OC, a lot of people call that out, by the way, yeah. must execute in chaos during the incident. It was really great uh, finally meeting with you. And like getting that kind of email from one of the students, and we have other testimonials too, like we keep hearing that, like the quote, like the best, like this is the best training. And we do aim for that. And quite frankly, like what a testament it is to the team behind the scenes we could, it'd be fun to even go through the timeline of like literally every pivot we've had to make on this one. Oh my gosh. But I, like, I didn't even want to talk about the first, this from, is actually venue two that had to be switched because yeah. venue one venue three. also felt, or sorry. Yes. Venue three was our venue ultimate destination. We had two others we went that felt Four venues in four months all seemed really solid each time. And lo and behold, a professional events management company did much better than, you know, points of contact. And like, that wasn't even all of it. Like you losing your voice yeah. while being called out for a real time work. Uh, one of our instructors was sick. Our student, one of our students got sick. Like, so we, they had to cancel like all this stuff and we kept on having to pivot, but the outcome is what we were looking for. We were outcome is we will make sure all the pivots. This is like a, a friends episode pivot, <laughs> um, are internal only. Yeah and make sure the experience for the student was uh, amazing. I was actually much more confident. Once we were set up on Monday night, I was like, there's nothing more I can do. Like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen and it's all in play. Yeah, that ship sailed. And, yeah, and once Walt got, I think Walt was our first uh, presenter, I was like, it's in. Yeah. You know, we were on these, they were on these uh, wedding chair seats for the next three days, but yeah. we're going to do it well. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, you know, I, I, we don't want to give away too much of the scenario because we want people to attend this, but uh, yeah. ultimately it's called attack on the stadium. So you can sort of use your, you know, uh, powerful well, deductive abilities enough, to determine. All the students who had time to prepare, all the scenarios that they came up with were all wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you catch? <laughs> no, I didn't. They were not. like coming up, they, they were like, some oh my gosh, I don't even want to go to all the scenarios because yeah. somebody's gonna realize it's not that. Yeah. But the scenarios that they came up with were so off that it was still shocking to them. And then we showed them afterwards how it was still realistic. Yeah. And um wow. Anyways. That was funny. Yeah, that is funny. Uh yeah. So we added a lot more realism to this one, even to our last one. So we had like actual live radio communications for stuff. Yeah. Um, Al3Harris, shout out. Yeah, Al3Harris provided, uh, they had staff and radios. And uh, I quick shout out to Al3Harris Harris, because I'm a radio guy. I've run radio ops for every, like at every level. Like just, it's, I always inherently yeah. fall into this role and I'm a geek, which helps. Uh, yeah, he's got some radios right there. So they showed up with three different radio types. Uh, and, you know, again, they had to pivot with us because they needed to use infrastructure, right? They're going to bring all yeah. this stuff for the original uh, space. So they they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll make it work. And so they set up a system and uh, 
we got to play with the radios and stuff, which I'm always like anyone who wants to throw a radio my way, like I'll play with it, break it, do whatever I can. So uh, they brought a bunch of toys and we're using it. And uh, just this is like one thing the radio geeks will appreciate. So we're in a room filled with people and about probably a dozen radios between like this huge space. And it's it's a big space, but it's not a huge space. It's It's about the size of like a medium sized EOC like that you'd probably find in a in a larger city. Um, very wide open, metal, industrial style, glass everywhere. Um, and other than some minor reception issues, which I think had to do with the actual, like just the amount of RF that was in that space, and they had kind of built the system to avoid it as much as possible. Those issues were pretty minor. Honestly, when people were like saying like, oh, I'm having little radio issues, I'm like, dude, this is like nothing compared to every disaster I've ever participated in my life. But little minor things that were like, they fixed them on the fly, like they were adjusting stuff and it was going away. And I thought everything worked amazing. But the thing that was like the most impressive, and I hadn't thought about it, I was sitting with Don, who is like the guy who invented the radios. Pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And he's he's uh, he's saying, hey, did you notice that there's not like feedback? And I was like, wait, we've been, we, there's like six radios within uh, probably 10 feet of each other. And not once did you have the like, is like, you know, it hits, it's yeah. the, all the Gosh, radios are hitting each perfect. other and going out. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, whoa, like, that's amazing. How in the, I'm like, I, I couldn't figure it out. Cause anyone who's worked in a command post or an EOC or just been like around a bunch of people with radios, you know, someone transmits and then everyone does the lean and cover because they want to mm. like hide their, uh, you know, speaker mic or their radio so that it's not getting feedback through everyone's. And, you know, it happens like four times before they figure out which radio it is that's causing the noise and everything's fine. And he goes, yeah, I was hanging out with a bunch of uh, firefighters because that's the other thing. So as he was inventing this radio, uh, L3 Harris basically sent him to go like live with firefighters and go to emergencies and like go into a burning building and like test yeah. all these scenarios. And the firefighters were giving him all this feedback. And one of the feedback was, feedback. hey, <laughs> no pun intended. No, actually, pun intended. Uh, pun intended. And he was talking about, you know, like, well, these guys were telling me that they're sitting in their trucks. They've got their portables on. The mobile's right there. And that's how every, you know, cop, firefighter, and EMT in the country, that's how I always, you know, you always have probably both on. Because you don't know if you're going to jump out of the truck, and it's like a pain sometimes to turn both off or whatever. So he's like, they kept saying, you know, if there's any way you could fix this so that when I'm in the truck and I have my portable on, uh, and I have to transmit off the mobile because mobile is more powerful. So like sometimes you want to use mobile uh, or you just do it off that. Like he's like the feedback was driving him crazy and it was obnoxious. It's so annoying. Anyone who's done it, it's, it's yeah. so annoying. And they fixed it through like software. And I'm like, I couldn't. And he turned it off and all of a sudden everyone in the room's ears are blowing Burr. up and it's all yeah. doing the noise and stuff. And then he turns it back off and he tries it again. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. But that's like just, like it was a non part like the it was only there like the radios were there to just make the exercise more real and also get people like thinking like this is possibly the only way you'll be able to communicate because unless you have like first net because wireless priority service and all that other stuff like i don't trust those calling cards and the pin numbers and stuff oh my but, gosh no so first net or verizon's got something similar but some like priority comm channel for cell phones which in a venue you're, a lot of your folks aren't going to have access to that radios are going to be your thing so we wanted people to like appreciate that use the radios it adds realism it also adds a bit of stress and noise to the environment that isn't there otherwise but in the process of this 
I'm having like my mind blown about these radios. And L3 Harris, who's sitting there with us, is also taking notes and saying like, oh, like we hadn't thought of that. When, you know, they're talking to emergency managers and saying like, hey, so this is another reason that like when you attend these events, it's not just the exercise. It's not just the stress of like going through it. You're like with people that are going to make your job easier and better in the future. And that's why like we had Everbridge last time. They were sitting there with their mass notification system like, yeah, let's fire it off and see what happens. And it's good for them. This time, L3 Harris actually had, uh, Everbridge had uh, James, who's, who was on your podcast recently. He went through the exercise. He wasn't there for the classroom part. Um, L3 Harris did the same thing last, or that's not true. Rachel was in it last time, but this time they sent multiple people through the class. You're muted. Your, your mic just disappeared. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's back. I think you got a loose cable or something. Uh-oh. Loose cable. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel represents, like, the actual uh, crisis manager for Internally, yeah. Yeah, she's Internally. like... Internally. She doesn't... She's not on the people... The fact that Rob and Don and Jason, you know, were all there yeah. to actually integrate the entire time. Fantastic for them. Fantastic for us. And it's also a way for us to, like, say, like, hey, man, your stuff is really great, but... Or... I wish I had this. And they're like, hey, we do have that. Yeah. Um, you know, to your point about like the comms in the area, Jason, their tech guy who was there, um, I asked him around lunchtime, like, how's it going? He goes, well, in terms of difficulty, um, one out of 10, this is a 9.5. <laughs> and um, I, w once he said that to me, and he's like, uh, again, like, I don't have as much experience with radios, but I do have some. I started looking around like, all the metal, all like everything in that room in all one oh, yeah. room. I was like, all of a sudden I went from like being like, okay, they're, they're keeping up to like really, really impressed. There was no reverb. There was no like annoying, 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 yeah. you know, like all that stuff. But and we have a dispatcher too. Yeah. Wesley, who, who, uh, is on disaster class instinct ready. Um, he, he was there, uh, for the, both him and Jason were both there for the whole exercise. Jason's and an Jake. active, uh, and Jake. Yep. So Jake and Jason are both active EMTs, you know, run on ambulance and stuff. Wesley is a dispatcher. He's on the radio. Like it was cool to see like how the radio, like people just kind of like get used to it and stuff. But like people are like, Oh wow. Like this feature is really cool. I mean like just little simple things. And then like, like you said, the feedback of like them coming to this exercise, essentially green, right? They don't know all of emergency management. They know our role generally, but to sit in there, now they get to go back and say like, hey, like we built this for firefighters, but for emergency managers, we might need to do this. Or like they were saying this wasn't working and they're taking notes. And I'm I'm not like joking. Don invented the radio. Like this was, that was his so baby. cool. Yeah. You don't get to meet like the actual inventor. You get a lot of people like project managers. You get a lot of people who are like quality control, but they have the guy who was like <laughs> all in. Yeah, I was oh, like, oh, he's a he's the he's the like product guy, but then they're like, no, 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 like this is all of this is his baby. He spent years. I mean, like the plastic, like there's like some arrow or uh, space plastic on there that doesn't burn. They were actually in the process of getting the radios NFPA certified, which is a new thing. Um, and so they were like, as they were at the class, 
I think they got the announcement that it had been approved or had made it through one of their oh, major milestones. Cool. I think it was the baking test or something, like 1,700 degrees for like five minutes, and the radio had to function perfectly afterwards. So as they're like, they're testing with us, NFPA is testing it, uh, you know, at, uh, in I think New Hampshire at some lab or something. And we have the guy who's invented all this sitting there. He's going through the class while sweating because he's got to deal with like, the, the prospect of like, you know, how this thing's going to turn out at the laboratory, you know, I mean, it was just, it was nuts. And that's just the radio component. That's not even like talking about the actual exercise. Yeah. that I mean, and that's just like such a, I wouldn't say a small part, but like all those details matter. Yeah. Like when you're doing exercise design, it's so funny when you're talking to, like when we're talking to sponsors and they're like, what's the trade show? Like there's no trade show. <laughs> oh, what's my booth? There's no booth. We don't yeah. get a booth. We don't get a trade show. No, we want to make our training look cooler and, you know, fantastic for you because you get to be integrated. But the fact that we've had a long-term relationship with L3 Harris, they're like, okay, this isn't our wheelhouse at all, but we're just going to see what happens. This is in Atlanta. And they're like, oh, we're going to send more people back because we yeah. actually want them to learn how to do this. And then it was pretty fun. Like, it was like, okay, like there's a new, there, there's a better model. I want to say better, but there's a different model here that I think is attractive for sponsors, but even for people who are doing exercise design, we all do the freaking quotes, you know, the, the, <laughs> the run, bunny rabbit. Well, you don't have to do that. Yeah. There are companies who want to have the opportunity to put, you know, to basically three day demo with their stuff, but it also makes your exercise more realistic. Yeah. And you don't, don't necessarily need to pay for that. Right. Like, um, they want to get in front of potential clients. Well, in the integrations, but, multiple days, you're sitting with the same yeah. people for three days. You're not going to get that at a uh, exhibition hall. Like, you know, oh best gosh. maybe you'll run into people a couple times, but... The worst is when you're walking through an expedition hall and someone's like, hey, you want to talk to me? I'm like, no, I, yeah. I don't want to talk right. to you. And honestly, that's not how people shop for stuff. Like, people generally already kind of know what it is. They just need, like, the facilitation. They want to sit there and play with it. So, like... Yeah. Uh, you know, when I've bought radios in the past, you know, like if I'm ordering something, like I either have to buy it and hope that it works or like I get to play with it for a couple minutes in like the shop or like maybe they'll they'll lend it to me, but then I don't have the expertise of the person there. So if it's not programmed right, it doesn't work. Then it's like, cool, I have this radio that you lent me for three days. It doesn't work, which has happened. I um, will say that they sent me two radios. Yeah. And out of the box had all the features. I, I gave it to my... I don't know if I can say it. I gave it to my three-year-old son. <laughs> and my three-year-old son in another room, I instantly knew how to communicate with me. Yeah. You know, I love saying, hey, daddy, 50 times in a row. <laughs> but the fact that, like, a three-year-old can use a radio that most adults at first are like, which buttons do I use? Where yeah. do I turn it? Yeah. I mean, it was it was actually kind of fun. Like, he wanted the yellow one, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, it's um, cool. I always like the non, uh, you know, black radios. I like the yellow. There's red. Uh, red sometimes are really cool. Blue. Um, no. But they cost more to have the cool colors usually. We so. don't use that color combination in anything that I do. No. <laughs> no blue and yellow. If they really knew their customer, they would have given me scarlet and gray. <laughs> but I like them, so. Yeah, and again, this is not even like... Uh, uh, blown like i said I, I i'm not the person who's like to sit here and just like gush over a sponsor like we very specifically pick people that we work with because we either have experience with them we've used their product we trust them 
Um, and L3 Harris, like you said, you've known forever. I, this was like, honestly, like the most amount of time I got to sit down and play with those radios. Like it's a relatively new brand to me. Like since joining the company, that's when I've got to know them. And I'm like, every single time I get a chance to, this is now the second die pops. I've spent like two weeks with these folks in the last six months. And every single time I sit down, I learn more. I'm like, this is an incredible product that like, I would trust my life and like my fellow fire and EMS people and police people too. Like it really is good. And for them to sit there and then participate and be a part of our team, that's like a whole other thing. Like to be, to have a salesperson just like pitching this stuff to you and saying, it'll do this and it'll do that. That's easy. And you can just lie about it if you want to right? salespeople do that all the time. But when you're in the, you're in an exercise and you're using those radios, you can't lie. If it's not doing what it's supposed to do, everyone's sitting there looking at you. So I think they were stressed out by that, but I thought it went really well. I was I was super impressed and really happy with everything. The number one rule in sales for demos is never do a live demo. <laughs> because even if you have a even if you have the perfect product, yeah. like the, the Murphy, like let's say our go the zipper uh, doesn't work, or yeah. like you know you trip and you you break half the stuff, like whatever it is. Yeah, and there there's two ends of this. There's the one end where they had to have a lot of confidence in their product where they could sit there for three days and a bunch of emergency managers, firefighters, uh, law enforcement, like all these people are very tell diverse them how they actually there, yeah. feel. Yeah. We had a guy in Atlanta who straight up said, I don't like this product. Speaking of actually of Ever Everbridge, I don't like Everbridge. And then they did the presentation of Everbridge and he goes, Oh, I didn't know they did all that stuff. <laughs> he just didn't know how to use it. Yeah. And so he circled back and he's like, okay, like we still have it in our county. And like, he was like, oh, now I know how to use it. Like part of that is just like, you know, the, the end user needs to, needs that experience. Yeah. So there's, there has to be comments. And then there's the other side of it, of, of them trusting us. Like I said, I've, I've worked with them now for a few years or we have, and uh, they've been a sponsor and I told them this new idea and they're like, ah, it's not a trade show. Just come and see, come and see. And um, they were like hooked, they're like, oh, this is real. This will help us improve. This will help us get in front of people. And I know that takes a lot of trust because, you know, anytime you do something new, whether you're here in emergency management and everybody kicks back or you're dealing with a sponsor who has their standard, what they do, um, we have been pretty innovative in a lot of different areas. Funny enough, apparently also with sponsors. Yeah. So, um, again, we want to, just as you called out, we wouldn't want to work with people or endorse something that we didn't believe in. And the best endorsement they got was not even from us or from our full-time team. It was when the mountain of a man, Walt Lewis, fire chief of Orlando, gets up there, notices the shirt from Don's, Don's L3 Harris shirt, and he goes, oh man, I love L3 Harris shirt, or like L3 Harris stuff. We use that on the USAR pile, blah, 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 blah. And he goes on and gives him a testimonial right in the beginning. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, and I was dying because they didn't have their local rep there. So Alfred <laughs> Harris, if you're listening, but at the same time, like you're having a fire chief in Orlando who's nationally recognized. Everybody knows him. And he's saying, I like this product. So I, I think that's a lot of testimonials from a lot of different people, but also shows that the model works. If you have a good product, you're not afraid to use it and you're wanting to get in front of people like come and see. And again, it was, want to go back. this is a new format even for us because we didn't do radios the first time we did sort of, we simulate it through other ways. And like, 
it was fine. It worked well, but like I, we were talking about just how like, you know, again, those little details matter. And we're like, you know, like the, the, the space felt EOC ish or incident command post ish or whatever you want to call it. Um, but the, it didn't have the noise level. Like there was periods of time where like people were very quiet and I was like, this doesn't happen at least in the first for, I mean, for the scenario that we built, this wouldn't happen for days. But certainly in the first few hours, people are going to be, it's going to be loud and it's going to be stressful. And we're like, we need to figure out a way to recreate that because that that's really important, especially for those first couple hours. And we, again, we had a very diverse group there. We had people that had absolutely no emergency management experience to people who have tons and tons, like Manny from the city of Orlando, who's like, that, uh, we learned some amazing, like their EOC is unbelievable. And the fact of like what they're accomplishing with a very small team, two people essentially, I mean, and they augment each other with a lot of other stuff was unbelievable. It was, uh, I was blown away all the cool stuff that they do and how connected they are in that city. But sounds like Doberman. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah, right. That's a guy who had, uh, I, I think like 20, 17 years, I think he's been working for Orlando. And then he was like a military com uh, or a army, uh, combat, infantry officer i believe before that lots of experience he's done lots of crazy stuff and so when he, when folks like that show up you're like oh gosh like is this gonna be hard enough for them and like he got into it and like you could see his brain was like switching into that mode as like the noise and the stress and everything came together and um so like you have that just a really diverse group there and then uh like i said we added new layers of stress that was the other thing that was impressive by l3 harris like they didn't really know how we were gonna like push everything and test stuff they were just like we'll send the people and we'll figure it out and they did and it worked well um you know it was uh funny we unintentionally put all the orlando people in the same group yeah well not all the orlando not all the florida people but definitely there was a there was a group there was a there contingency was yeah exploria stadium there was a ucf university of central florida uh there was a manny from city, city orlando yep. and then we thought we were putting Louisiana CST there, but he was a former fire chief of Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> all in the group. It was fun for them because they were like, they were Brian specifically from University of Central Florida. He was like, okay, I always tell people don't fight the exercise. And I found myself like saying, this was, this would be like my stadium. Like, no, it's not your stadium. Oh, and then once he realized that he shouldn't fight it because it was actually really well thought out, good job team. At the end, he was like, man, like, I don't get to see so many perspectives. And he said like the magic words for me, which is very hard to do in an exercise, especially if somebody feels like they can, you know, come up with different solutions. And they're very well like, resourced down there. He's like in real world, oh, it's almost unimaginable what we're throwing at him. Well, part of the problem is they think they have every resource. Yeah. And the problem that we threw at them, they wouldn't have access to those resources. Sure. Yep. So that aside, he was like, this really stressed me out. And that made me feel like we, we accomplished our mission because you want people to be stressed out in the training. I went to another training earlier this year, a full-scale exercise. People were bored the whole time. I've been people were not moving. They had multiple yeah. sites. They had, they had all the, like, the components to be uh, you know, busy, but they weren't. And well, you think like a standard exercise, you know, especially a full-scale with multiple sites, each site has to turn on and off. Right. So there's like all this like preamble that you got to go through as you get to the site. And like it takes so long to actually get to the exercise play. 
And then because you've already burned like two hours and like travel or whatever else to like make it like actually start the exercise, you've got a couple hours. And then like a lot of exercises, they just stop for lunch. Like, you know, it's, you know, yeah. we don't do that. Like you were pause eating X. through lunch. There was no pause X's at all. Like the only thing that would have stopped us was real world emergencies. And even then, Walt was dealing with real world emergencies and we didn't stop. He just kept popping in and out and he had to go do his fire stuff and he came back when he was good. And so. That was awesome. And all the UCF uh, or uh, the Orlando folks, they're also getting calls and text messages about like real world stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think that is it makes the day go by really fast. Like the Thursday mm. always feels like it's somehow lasting forever. And then also like over like that. And yeah. um, you could see like the relief and like exhaustion as we finished the exercise and people just being like oh my gosh but the other thing that i heard con like from a lot of people was uh i don't i'm you know i'm in the whatever i don't get into the weeds on this stuff anymore and i forget how hard it is to accomplish this stuff so when you're up in your you know your county or state eoc and you're saying like Ivory we Tower. need mass care you know to go out and do this and you don't have you don't you know you're like why isn't this shelter set up well, because the roads are closed, there's exposures, they don't have staffing, all this stuff that like is impacting it. You're not thinking that, right? Like you're, you're, you just don't have eyes on that. So one of the advantages of our style of exercise is you're in it. Like you don't get to avoid it. Yeah. And we move you between these very important groups that are in every single disaster that deal with people, which is the ultimate, you know, part of what we do is to help people. Um, and you see that all sort of like play out and then the realization like, oh, I need to not be a jerk anymore. <laughs> like I, if I'm asking yeah. for something, I need to have patience and understand that like this isn't gonna happen right now. And uh, I heard multiple people say that. And then the other were the people who were completely unconnected, like, you know, not in this world who were like, they attended and they were, they were looking at it through just like completely new perspective. And they were like, I can't believe that this stuff happens. I had no idea. And just that yeah, impact. I loved. I, I, I was serious when I when I when we were at the thing. It was like, oh, that was the best comment of the training. Yeah, from Bill. I I was like, so impressed because we design it for emergency management, and in Atlanta, I I now have the perspective from a second event of how impressed we had so many advanced emergency managers in that course by hour four. They three really. They had turned over the machine. They yeah. had figured it out. Yeah. And we it, we had to really do our best to keep them engaged because they had done such a good job. And yeah. I almost felt like I was looking at a national strike team. Like, yeah. just manhandled it. And, you know, whatever vernacular you want to do, they figured it out. Put the puzzle pieces together. This group had a, a lot of that didn't, wasn't possible because they didn't have that background. Funny enough, all of our after actions were, we're going to make this harder. So we did make it harder, but we gave it to a group that doesn't have a lot of the background. Um, but Bill, specifically, on day two, at the end of... Well, day one, I asked him a question, and his look, if you're watching this right now, is like complete blank stare. Like, I couldn't even answer the question. Asked him, like, what'd you like from today? And his first answer was, when he pulled me aside at the end of day one, was, I know I should just ask Martin what to do. Martin's their emergency <laughs> manager for this. That day two, he did have an answer for the class, and he said, "I was I I work with a school district. I always thought I'd be the guy because I'm a tough guy. If something happens to my school, I'm just going to run in there. I'm not a you know vernacular you want to use word you want to use. I'm not a wuss. 
And he was like, I now realize if I did that, I actually hurt the response. I hurt so many people trying to help that I could actually get in the way because there's professionals that do this. So that was interesting. And then the day three, when he left him and his wife, um, they sit on the school school board. He said, no disrespect to resource officers, but they're tactical. Their job is one aspect of a much bigger thing. They have no right to write emergency plans. An emergency manager should write the emergency plan because they know all of these different roles. They know all of these actors. They know all the things. He's like, emergency manager should do this. And from a guy who, before the training, was looking to go to Orlando, probably to have a good time in Orlando, see something that he thought would be cool, to being convinced, completely convinced, of the role of emergency management, I was almost like, man, I want to get every stakeholder, every administrator who doesn't really understand this stuff in this class. All right, you think you're smart enough to do this? You don't think it takes a professional? Let's put you through it so you can keep up. They can't. And that's okay because we're claiming a professional needs to do this. And it was, uh, what a beautiful, like, train of thought. And and really, to his credit, to be humble enough to just be able to say that. My final thought, because we've gone on for about 40 minutes now, we could go on all day. My final thought was one of the emergency managers that was there. We were 35 minutes into the exercise, and he stops, and he looks at his clock, and he goes, it's only been 35 minutes. (laughs) And I go, Who said that? yeah, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you tell me afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's, it, we just bas- basically got started. He goes, I, I thought it was two hours. He goes, mm. I'm exhausted. I'm like, suck it up, dude. You got yeah. <laughs> hours and good. hours left. And, uh, you know, and he ultimately came out on top and was, uh, you know, got through it. But it was that that was like a that was the the moment for me that I was like, we did it right. Because it was like, you know, he wasn't giving up or anything. He wasn't like that. He was just like, oh, my God, all of this happened in 35 minutes. So if you want in on this action, we've got die pops that we're coming up uh, next year. We're going to space them out a little bit further. Uh, so we will, we'll definitely give you more of a heads up. We have a, uh, some videos and stuff that'll come out from this one. Uh, some testimonials, like, I mean, it was really cool this time we were smart and actually got to capture people's responses rather than just like have them tell us that they liked it. We can prove it. It's not just us blowing smoke. Like I said, this is real stuff. Uh, and, uh, if you want to participate or you're looking for this type of exercise, visit the website dobermanymg.com contact us text me you know whatever uh also subscribe to this like this five stars two thumbs up whatever it is uh john's podcast disaster tough uh make sure you sign up for that and uh or disaster class was the other podcast that was there do we have any other podcasts are represented i felt really um, almost like dorky having that many podcasters in you one know space. what yeah, you know what? The one reason why we didn't have another podcaster there, Nat Sellers. Oh, that's UVA. right. Nat was supposed to be there too, yeah. He was a former instructor of ours. Big shout out to him. He actually had a shooting guy. at a school Yeah. Um, and um, was dealing with the aftermath of that. So, again, pivots left and right, but big shout out to him. So, Disaster Class, Preparedness Works, EM Weekly, the big one there. You know, I'll throw my name out there, Disaster Tough, but... Hey, like people who are focused on educating the field and helping out the field, this show alone, I mean, people who are thinking about exercise design just heard so many things about how to push their exercise to another level that they didn't know was possible. Come and see. 
if you want to if you want to create the best exercise experience for somebody else literally people saying that um you know we figured it out so yeah. kudos to the team and kudos to you zach for you know uh leading this charge on the show made it all made right it. well folks that was another episode uh like i said subscribe like thumbs up give me a high five throw money my way uh if you've got stuff that you want us to use at the next exercise, like send it to us. We'll play around with it. We'll see if it works. Software, hardware. I like hardware. Radios, uh, cameras, um, drones, uh, command vehicles. I really want a command vehicle. Uh, air, helicopters. Let's see you do a helicopter. All right. Yeah, there's a vi there's a visual component here that the people in the podcast won't get. But yeah, uh, yeah, send it our way. John, thank you for joining me, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye.